time. Now you can say what you want to say. But it's actually tequila day. So did you not know that? It's actually tequila and taco day. Listen, we can't just randomly assign days. Like I, my favorite posts, Facebook posts the other day. Hello, everybody, by the way. Hi. Uh, Tuesday. Mike Mills and Glenda White here. Um, with, with Verity Mortgage. Verity here we go. Mortgage. We're talking all things tacos and tequila already. Yes. Today, we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're just going to ramble for a little while but for the most part like we're going to talk about the market where things are what's frustrating about what's happening right now this is probably a little bit more uh a little less polished maybe than we try to be sometimes <laughs> we have opinions on things today so we're going to share them that's um, not good when we have opinions. so it, maybe it'll be entertaining at least so if you want to hang around here we have to say about stuff yeah or catch it later if you want to watch this later you can always do that too hashtag replay that's right um but what i was saying is is that my favorite Facebook post that I saw the other day was um, it's like, you know, national daughter, national son, like all this other stuff. And so, somebody's or multiple people are like, you're going to have to just take it from me that I actually love my kids. And that's all I'm going to post right now. Right? I'm not posting pictures of them today. Okay? <laughs> was that your wife? That, no, no, no. She actually posted something later. She's like, I missed this, but here you go. Like, you know, everybody else is doing it. But I think every day is a national day of now. Yeah, um, yeah. It is crazy. Like it is. I woke up this morning and my phone was blowing up. They're like, hey, Glenda, guess what? It's tacos and tequila day. And I'm like, I thought we just had tacos day. Yeah. Like I've... and tequila day. And it's funny. I really don't drink a lot of tequila. It's just sitting in front of me. Yeah, it's right there. Um, yes. But a good margarita every once in a while. That's right. Good. So uh, if any of our friends, realtor partners want to come in and do a show with us, do a podcast, talk about something that you're passionate about. We have booze available for you anytime you, you want to come in. So in our podcast room, we're come in and say it. hello. Yes. And there's a lot of feedback on that. Um, they like our room. They do love it. Okay. So. Uh, that is a kind of a unspoken little um, thing that we have here at Verity Mortgage to help our agents grow their business yes. is to get them on social media. That's the goal. Yep. Um, and so a lot of feedback is like, holy smokes, like it is a full podcast room. Yeah. So. Well, and it's easier this way, too, because when you do this is where I struggle with it, like doing reels and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm, I'm trying I'm doing my best or I'm not doing my best. You're I could do better. Good job. I could do better. Yeah. But um, but this is easy. Yes. Like I can do this all day long. Right. I can't sit down and write out a reel and film it and go like I I should set up a camera like because I did one yesterday that I haven't posted yet. Yeah. And I was in here for like an hour and like every other word's an <laughs> F-bomb because I'm trying to say a sentence and I keep messing it up. Hey, like, Gary ah. Vaynerchuk does F-bomb. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I need to play. I need to just post the raw video of me looking at a thing for five seconds <laughs> and then going blah, 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 and then blah, 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 blah. You can make so, that into a blooper because those yeah. are always the best because actual content sometimes yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty hilarious. So. Um, all right. So we're let's start with talking about where the hell things are going right now, because we we've Hell's gone <laughs> up and down. I mean, it's it's all over the map to a certain yeah. extent. Um, so what is, what are your thoughts on where we are today? And then I'll uh, I'll give you mine because uh, mine are going to be a lot longer than yours, I'm sure. So Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Because Mike always talks longer than I, I do. <laughs> you do. Um. You know, I, I think the whole world is just crashing down. Um, well, maybe not crashing down. But there's some stuff going oh, on. Oh, no, sure. there's it's hell in a handbasket yeah. from everything. Like we got wars, we got hurricanes, we've got shit interest rates. Yes. But with those shit interest rates, again, what goes up is going to come down. Sure. It's, it's just, just when. a matter of when. Yes. Um, but it's crazy. I had a lot of first time home buyers yesterday, like we're quoting seven percent interest rate, size sixes on a lot of that stuff. And they're like, I don't care. Like they were talking an owner financing um of what's the difference of owner financing and a regular mortgage. And yep. I said, Okay, just curious, what's the today's rate on a owner financing? And she said thirteen and a half percent. 
Yeah. I said, then why would you not do an FHA and just pay your discount points to get into it? Just have your agent. She's badass anyway. Have your agent get seller's concessions and pay for those discount points. Yes. And she said, oh, that's a good idea. So that's a strategy that we talk about on mm. listing agents and buyer's agents. Um, and I had a couple of our agents this weekend talk about that too. Like I reached out to them and said, hey, have you done the strategy? They said no. And they called me today and said, oh, it went under contract because you gave me that strategy. Yes. So this is another reason why to use a local lender. But yeah, any anything else? Hell in a handbasket. There's Glenda's speech for the morning. Well, I'm, and I'm glad you said discount points because um, I think that that's a new reality that um, a lot of buyers and even some agents aren't realizing that's happening right now with the lending stuff is uh, discount points are becoming the norm. Um, right. And just so everybody understands what a discount point is, um, typically in the past, a discount point has been if my rate was 4% and I wanted a 3.75% rate or 3.5% or whatever I wanted, I could always buy the rate down, which right. is why it's called a discount. Because when right. you tell that to a regular consumer, hey, I'm going to give you a discount, they're like, hell yeah, let's get so a like, discount. So like, is, oh, wait, I'm going to like, four to three. I'm like, no, hold on. Wait a minute. That's uh, <laughs> It's a cost. It's actually not a discount on anything other than your rate, but you're paying for it. Right. So in the past, that was always available if you wanted a lower rate for whatever reason. Some people just like the gold star on their chest that says they got a three in front of their rate instead of four. Whatever. Or two. I was asked the other day. Yeah. I was like, hell, go back to 2021. Right. Does it make a ton of <laughs> sense to do it sometimes but it was there nowadays though you're being forced to pay discount absolutely you don't have a choice and and uh, I, I never say absolute across the board everybody has to because you never know what kind of weird stuff is going on out there but for the most part i think you've talked to other loan officers i've talked to other loan officers everybody's paying a discount point if you have 800 credit 20 percent down conventional loan is still paying a discount point or more or more or more and the reason for this and and i know you've been explaining this to your clients and me too is there is actually a reason for this it isn't just because well i mean it is because banks are kind of greedy but <laughs> but ultimately um they have to make money right so and when i say banks i'm not we're a mortgage company we're a mortgage bank but um but we're not like a you know an investment bank we don't own mortgage-backed securities and invest right. in bonds and all these other things we just do loans and give them servicing rights. So um, so what happens is, is when an investment uh, entity that buys mortgage-backed securities or buys loans, because Bank of America might service your loan, but that doesn't mean they own it. Correct. A lot of times Fannie Mae will own it or Freddie Mac or some other aggregator will actually own that loan. Well, when they own the loan and they buy it from Bank of America or whoever, they are anticipating on making interest on that loan. Right. That's how bank works. So if you right. do a loan at six and a half percent, then the bank is anticipating that they're going to earn a certain level of interest over a certain period of time. Well, the problem with the market right now is it's so incredibly volatile because it's gone. We've gone up 500 percent in yeah. rate rate costs over the last you know six months, where it's gone from three percent to almost seven percent overnight, right. and because of that there's so much volatility that investors are going, wait a minute, we don't know what's happening. Are rates going to continue to go up or are they going to go back down? Because right now, if you're doing a loan today, well, I don't know where it is today because actually the last two days have been pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I did a video yesterday. I'm like, look, look at the screen. Yeah. It's actually going up. It's, I was like, woo. Yeah, it's good. No, going up, mortgage-backed securities going up, which means rates go down. Right. So um, Inverted yields. <laughs> yeah, so that, that has been good. But let's just say we're talking three days ago and you might very well have a 7% interest. Right. It's very possible. So if you lock a loan, you have 7% interest, and then three months from now, rates drop back to five. We're not even talking about going to three or two or anything like that. Just a normal number. Just five. You go to five, and that person that bought their house at 7% is going to do what? 
refinance. They're going to refinance Absolutely. the loan. Absolutely. Save a couple hundred dollars. Right. Money. So that means that servicing bank has held that loan for six months right. and earned six months of interest, which they didn't get that when they bought it or they what they sold for it. And then now that loan is gone because it got refinanced and they don't own it anymore. So they're not earning right. any interest. Right. Okay. So what these discount points are forcing people to do is basically you're having to pay interest up front. Right. The bank is saying there's a good chance that in the next 12 months, you're going to refinance this loan. So we want to make sure that we have a little bit of you know coverage that we make a little money off the deal. And that's why these discount points are happening. It's not because of anything other than market volatility. Because if we got to a point, even if the rates were 10%, if we, someone said that yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, don't, please don't. But someone said 10% interest. I was like, no, no, no. Uh -uh. It could happen. It could. But, but even if they were at 10%, if we knew, or I should say, if the market felt comfortable that rates were going to stay around 10% for a while, right? then the discount points would go away Absolutely. because the bank would think, okay, well, we don't anticipate rates going down anytime soon. So therefore we're not going to make this happen, which is even more to me a proof to people are out there shopping for homes that are terrified about these rates. The reason they're doing this is because they think rates are probably going to go back down pretty soon. Right. Right. Uh, well, and I say pretty soon's relative. Term. It could be six months, 12 months, right. 18 months, yeah. but it is relative. And my first time home buyer yesterday was like, she was happy. She was like, well, if I get in for a seven, like it's better than 13. Yes. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, and we've presented this scenario to people before too, where we say, okay, buy the house and the market's changed such that if you're a buyer now and you want to purchase a home, mm -hmm. okay, well then what you can do is you can go in and let's say the home's listed for 350. Well, if the home's listed for 350, I can offer, let's say it's been on the market for three weeks, four weeks. It's offer. had a price reduction, right? Well, your agent or you may think, well, let me go in and I'm going to offer 340 or I'm going to offer 330. And guess what? You could probably get the house for that. Absolutely. Okay? But the better strategy is to do what, Glenda? Just go in as is and get seller's concessions. That's right. And depending on your loan type, like this one was FHA. So it's 6%. Right. And I'm like, holy smokes, that's almost $30,000, $25,000 on that loan that we were looking at. And I was like, well, why would we not do that? Right. Instead of the, the original conversation with the selling agent was they wanted to decrease the price of the home, 28000 Right. It was the same offset. And I said, no, no, no. You need that money in the bank yes. because you need to pay those discount points. That's right. And she was very thankful that we had that strategy. She hadn't heard about that strategy yet. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why right now strategy matters and working yeah. with local lenders really, it matters because big banks, apparently they, they're not talking the strategy. No. Well, they're um, just telling you, here's what it costs. Here's what your rate is too bad. So sad. Right. Yeah. It is. And that's why, you know, using a local, you know, local hyper-focused local uh, lender and real estate agent or are more advantageous for you in this market right. more than anything. Well, and the way you can look at it too, is if you're getting $10,000, ten, $15,000, $20,000 in seller concession and, and real quick on that point, because people are like, well, why would a seller do that? Okay. Well, let me tell you why, because like we said, if the sellers had that house on the market for 30 days, and by the way, realize that sellers, a lot of them still think, not think, but they're thinking, well, I'll list my house and it'll be sold in two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So agents are having to really re-educate their sellers and go, hey, look, this may sit for a minute because right. there's not this bevy of buyers out there that and we used to have. Especially over 500. And, yes. And, and DFW. That like, market has shrunk dramatically. I have I was talking to an agent yesterday and they did over the weekend, they had a price point of 330 yeah. and they had over 100 people there. Yes. Well, 330 is kind of like the new first time home buyer. Like that's kind of their price point now. Right. So of course it is, but yeah. over 500 has really 
like dramatically just they're yeah. sitting there. And I, I can personally say that because my house sat there. Yes. Yeah. We were right at that 520 mark and our house sat there and I would wonder, and I was like, holy shit, like what the heck's going on? We did the same thing. Instead of decreasing the home, we ended up paying points. And yeah. when we got the closing disclosure, they paid two discount points to get down to it. Yeah. So it kind of worked for both of us where I didn't have to decrease my home and I helped the buyer get into it. Otherwise it would have cost them, you know, 10, $15,000 to buy that rate down. And, and sellers are at a point where you got to realize if you're a buyer that the sellers have had for the, just the last two years, not even leading up to that 20% appreciation for two years in a row. One okay? house was like 52%. I'm like, y'all, this right. is not legit. <laughs> well, but my point is, is that they have a ton of equity. For sure. Okay. Sellers have a ton of equity and it's all, I mean, it's not free money, but it kind of is. Kinda they is. just lived in the house and prices went up because of demand and, and inflation. Like, ooh, ooh, that was it. So they bought their house for $300,000 five years ago and now it's worth five. Yeah. Okay. So you don't think that if they have to move for whatever, if they've, if they've listed their house, they have to move right now. Absolutely. For some reason, right? Sure. Nobody's listing their house for fun right now. No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> They're listing their house because they have to move, whether it's a job or, you know, whatever. So if that's the case and they have all of this equity that they've already had, that's basically found money, right? then why in the world would they not be willing to give some of that to you Absolutely. so you would buy their house over Absolutely. someone else's? And for agents that are out there listening to this, you know, I would almost, and I don't know how, I, I may speak out of turn on what the rules on this are, but I mean, can you, can't you put in a listing? We're willing to give seller concession. For sure. Okay. And that's the strategy that we talked to our agents about. And that's what they did. That's how they actually got new buyers to come in. Right. It was stalling. They had gone through. This is that would have been the third weekend on both listings that we talked about. Um, no one at the open houses. It was both over 500. And I said, okay, what about this strategy? Yeah. And literally they called me the next day and they said, we got a buyer. Yep. It's just because the verbiage. So it's not even seller's concessions. Now we're seeing towards buyer's closing costs right. or seller paid towards whatever discount yes. points, whatever your truck is and on your brokerage. Cause I can tell you like they, your brokerage is going to ultimately tell you which way to go agents. Yeah. Um, but that is how you want to set up your strategy. And here's the thing we here at Verity mortgage have internal programs that can help you um, do the buy versus sell, do buy downs to present to future buyers. Right. And that's what we do for all of our clients to be able to help figure out, is it worth buying it down? Is it worth paying over asking? Right. Because most of the time it is actually worth having seller's concessions and paying over right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's where, um, because the houses are still appraising. We're not seeing like, I think this is a thing that people are, right. are missing a little bit is that, and I said, I keep saying, I've said this a million times to people on the phone, rates have gone up 500%. Okay. Home prices and values have gone down like 3%. And they're still meeting appraised value. <laughs> right. So it's not like, because everybody was anticipating, there, it's certainly slowing down. There's no doubt about that. Right. But the velocity is gone. But we were so far in the other direction as far yeah. as like being a seller's market that we're just over slowly. Over 100,000 over asking. I mean, come on. So here's, it was crazy the other day. Someone said it like really good. Would you rather pay 100,000 over asking mm -hmm. at a 4% interest rate or pay a 7% and go in as is. Right. And get $10,000 worth and of cash. And get 10000 So crazy enough, when you do the two math, again, that's where finance people, when you do the two together, it came out almost exactly the same. It's mentality. Right. It's would you rather, 
would you rather pay over asking a hundred thousand and have 400 people wait? Right. Or would you go in as is with a higher interest rate? Your payments are going to end up almost the same. Well, and then the part that I think people miss on that too, is that your payments. Yeah. But you're the amount of cash that you're saving because that 7% rate that you have, you're probably going to have it for like a couple of years. Right. And then you're going to get back down. And, and again, even five, like <laughs> even at 5%, it's Praise better. Right. Mortgage gods. Here we go. 5%. Right. That's all we need to see. <laughs> so, so as a buyer, there's no reason why you are not in a tremendous position to be able to negotiate something Absolutely. incredibly heavily in your favor when you're offering on a house, because if I can go in and your house is listed at 350 and, and the seller gets the same. If you offer three fifty and ask for ten thousand dollars in sellers' concessions, they're yep. getting three hundred forty thousand dollars. Right. If you walk in and offer three forty with no seller concession, the seller's getting three hundred forty thousand. Doesn't matter to them. It's how you present the offer. It's to completely them. the same to them. Yep. And if that means that they're going to get the house sold, okay, yes, whatever. I just need to sell my house because I got another house I'm trying to buy or I'm right. trying to move or whatever. Or we've already reduced the price once or twice, or you know they don't have any other offers at that time. The, the ball is very much in the buyer's court. For now. sure. And it completely flipped since July 1st. Yes, it has. Um, and here's another thing on that. You know, for agents on strategies, this is where more than ever you have to talk to your sellers. The, the greed factor for the sellers yeah. has to now become a more evident factor sure. because the greed can't be there any longer. Yeah. Um, and now... The, well, maybe it can. It just isn't going to work. Right. Well, how long do you want your house to stay on the market for? Yes. So... You have to price. This is where, again, agents have to do their due diligence, run your CMAs, get comps, do whatever you have to do. You have to go in. I feel like sellers now have a one and done. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever you go and price your home for, that's what buyers are going to see because now right. they have options. Yeah. Buyers have options. Uh -huh. I had one this morning that said, well, I liked a couple houses, but they weren't really what I was looking for, but more I know were coming on the market. We didn't hear that 90 days ago, a year ago. Nope. Like, it didn't matter. Um, but then even like buyer's remorse, like 26% of people that bought their home in 2021 have buyer's remorse and felt that now they want to move. Yeah. And they are projecting when I say they like Fannie and Freddie and all these economists are saying the 26% that had buyer's remorse are saying they're going to list their home in the next year Yeah, because they hate it. Or, or yeah, that, and they paid $50,000 over lifts price. So they're really upset because of what they paid yes. for. It. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like, yes, it, it stinks to have a higher interest rate, but the ball is in your court as a buyer. You really have the leverage on anything you do on the transaction right now. Well, it's the same principle as anything else when it comes to, especially even investing to some extent, is if everybody's over here trying to get into whatever this is and nobody's over here supply and demand trying to do it over here, which side do you want to be on? Right. You want to be on the side where nobody else is because you're going to have the most opportunity. So 12 months ago or eight months, yeah, 12 months ago when the market was in a fury and everybody was trying to buy, well, the prices are high. You're having to come out of pocket $60,000 over list price to get the house. Congratulations, you got a 3% interest rate. However, you just put $60,000 that you're not going to get back into that house that you can never see again, okay? But yes, you got a low rate, so good for you. But now everybody's like, oh, I can't buy a house. Rates are 7%, 8%. There's no way. It's too, too expensive. But then you dig into it and you go, but wait a minute you can now buy the house for less than what you were having to pay before. And yep. not only just less than what the list price is, significantly less than what they were having to buy it for. For sure. And you can get cash from the seller to say, like I had one the other day, two yesterday actually, or two days ago over the weekend, where they were offering 
three thirty on the house, and they were, you know, we went through the cost and everything, and the buyer's like, man, I. I don't know. This is going to be a lot. Like, I don't know if I have this much cash. I thought I could get it from my retirement account or whatever. And I told him what we just talked about, about, Hey, look, get it from the seller. Absolutely. And the agent reached out to the seller. They'd already agreed on the contract. They had already said it. It was done at maybe it was three twenty. And the agent called the seller and was like, Hey, they're having issues. They couldn't get access to funds. They had the house listed at three 30. So can we just give you three thirty and you give us ten thousand? And the seller not. was like, "Hell yes, whatever." Just I got to sell my house. Here 100%, you go. One hundred percent. And I promise you, if they'd asked for fifteen, they could have got it. <laughs> they probably would. Okay. Right now. So and, and days on market, like buyers need to look on days on market right now because the ones that we're looking at were eighty days. Well, yeah. they're going to give you that those closing costs yeah. for sure. Yes, they have to sell it for some reason. They have to sell it. So so you're getting like there's literally literally circumstances if you're doing a VA loan. Mm-hmm. or USDA loan, yep. or even if you're using some sort of down payment assistance, which a lot of those have dried up. Uh, if anybody doesn't know all the, all the special programs that you used to hear about all the time for you, first time home buyers getting these special programs, those are down payment assistance programs and 90% of them are gone. Uh-huh. Um, there's a few left, but they all come with catches, but I want to be clear. They're beneficial. If you need them, you just have to understand what the terms are. But in those cases, you're getting cash for your down payment. You're paying a cost. You have a higher rate. You got to hold on to it for three years, blah, blah, blah. But you're getting money, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you have a USDA loan, a VA loan, or you're using a down payment assistance and you're getting the seller to pay all your closing costs, how much money are you bringing to the table, Glenda? <laughs> Nailed a nut on a lot of that. Zero. You're not bringing any and, okay, money. Okay, I'll stay in my house for three years. And oh, wait a minute. Let me have this natural appreciation that if in the event I did have to sell or refinance in the 36 months, well, again, it's free money. It's free like, money. Then you just pay it off. So there's restrictions, but even on those down payment assistance, they're the same rate right now, which we haven't seen. They're not the same. They're definitely higher. They were uh, 7.125 well, yesterday. It depends on the day, right? Because <laughs> they're moving. Used to, you could say, oh, well, you know, this down payment assistance is yeah, it four used and to a half, be a and it would be that way forever. percent difference, and right. now it's like an eighth of a percent. Right. Well, but you got to hold it for three years. But like you said, if you get the appreciation, Okay, That's cash and pick up, pay it off. But buyers Options. are in such a stronger position right now yeah, because of all it's this. So great. And it's crazy to me how how terrified people are buying a house because and it's you know what it is, Glenda? It's our fault, honestly, as an industry, oh, as mortgage 100%. lenders, because we've made people focus so much on interest rates because yes. that's all it's like the lowest common What's denominator. The rate? What's the rate? Yes. What's the rate? That's What's all we cost? sell. Well, I can't, I can't do my my job because the rates are too high or this well, company's got better rates. Or why, why do you have 3.125 and I have three? Well, what are they offering you? Right. Are they going to pick up the phone on Sunday? Right. Mike and I will. <laughs> but, but the point is, is like we've trained people to be this absolutely. way. You know, we've absolutely told people, hey, this is what you need to pay attention to. But we've negated all the other aspects of it. And so now we're in a place where rates are high. Okay. But everything else is down. Right. And so- Again, if you bought a house 12 months ago in a lot of cir- circumstances, you were coming to the table with 60, 70, $80,000. One of our clients was 215. Right. I was like, holy. And that's not because you're putting it. half down on the house. That's no, not why. Because no. you had to pay over. They paid over asking 215,000. Right. I was like, I hope y'all love it. And I texted them the other day and they're like, we love it. I was like, Great. how's that money? And they're like, well, <laughs> we should have waited. I said, exactly. Well, and now it's turned and now you can buy that house and not have any of that cash <laughs> and you have a higher rate, but it's, I mean, what are but we talking about? it's your home about? and you can refinance. A hundred bucks, 150 bucks, yeah, $200 a month. not it's, a big change. Look, I don't want to pretend like that's not a lot of money because it is for a lot of people. But what I'm saying is, is that you don't, the, the 20 grand that you were going to have to come out of, out of pocket to buy, 
put it in your in your bank account and hold it and use right. that pay with that extra two hundred dollars. Because with the shit show of economy, it is you need that right now yes, because yes. we don't know what's going to happen. Right. So I, I shared my theory with you the other day on what's going to happen. So this is <laughs> I want to I want to have record of this. This isn't the alien theory. By the way. Oh, okay. No, 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 I'm not going there. <laughs> But like if area, anybody wants to know about my uh, alien theory, check she's on Area 51. Yeah, Mike Mills. Right, right. It's a crazy guy over here talking in the microphone. Okay, so, so here's my theory. So my theory is, and um, you got to stay with me for a second. This is a little, a little convoluted, but here we go. So right now, this is there's politics involved in this too. I don't, whatever your political affiliation with, I don't care. I don't, I don't like either side. So you know, <laughs> don't ask me. But um, so right now the Democrats are in power. They have the House, the Senate, and uh, and the House of Representatives. So uh, midterm elections are coming up on November 14th right. and 15th. And so um, we're in a situation where inflation's high. The economy is not great. Everybody hates what's going on. Um, you've got all uh, lots of other social things occurring that I'm not going to get into. But basically, for the most part, nobody's real happy with how things are. Right. So there's a very strong sentiment that the Democrats are going to lose control of the House and control of the Senate because they're going to get voted out, which is not unusual in midterm elections when you have an unpopular For sure. regime. It's that's, very, that's normal. Even yeah. when you have popular presidents, it still happens yeah. because people get government for yeah. you. So it turns all the time. So in order to, the, the whole goal of being in politics is to stay in power. That's the whole right. goal. They're not there for you. They're not, they're not, uh, you know, taking care of you and your family. They don't care about you. They want to stay in power, tell you what you want to hear. So you, re, so you vote for them again. So, What's, what has to happen is there has to be a shift in the sentiment of people for the from the Democrats' point of view in order for them to keep the House and the Senate, yeah. okay? Because otherwise, they're going to lose, and then we're going to be in turmoil for another two years until the presidential – because we're not going to get anything done. Because then you're going to have a president who's a Democrat and House, Senate, Republicans. They're going to be fighting against each other. Where it's, and that's normal. Like, right. that's the – It's going to be the normal American politics where absolutely <laughs> nothing happens. So – except we, we all get screwed. So, um, so anyway – so they have to figure something out, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Glenda, I think I've asked you this before, so maybe you know the answer when I'm leading you in this direction. But regardless of what's happening in the world, what is every single American's number one priority when it comes to how they vote? Do you know? No. It's a broad range thing. Very broad. What are you talking about? Well, know. like when someone says, I'm going to vote for this person or that person, what is typically <laughs> their motivation for why they're going to vote for that person? And like the number one issue that all politicians. Abortion. No, <laughs> no, 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 it's not abortion. <laughs> No, that's about? certainly an issue, but it's not the issue. The issue is always the economy. Oh, always. Yeah. Okay. If the economy's good, economy. if the economy's good, everybody's happy. If the economy's yeah. bad, everybody's mad, right? Regardless right. of who's in power. So it's always the economy. So that's the number one focus that everybody has. If you have high gas prices, high inflation, you're gonna get your butt. Which kicked. gas prices are great. Like well, they are right now. They're but, back to 289 because right. OPEC, there's another meeting. Well, yeah, OPEC and Russia are about to have another meeting and cut back uh supplies very heavily. So there's a big Big expectation that gas prices are going to go up again, right? Um, which is bad for the powers that be that are in power currently. So, sure. so the Democrats have to do something to get the economy at least perceived to be turned around, right? right. Well, I don't know if you saw the other day that the Bank of England, who is the central bank for the for Britain, um, they went back to quantitative easing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, to be clear on what that is. Quantitative easing and raising and lowering rates are two different things. Okay. Right. What quantitative easing or quantitative tightening is, is either buying government bonds or selling government bonds. Right. Okay. So the reason mortgage rates have been so low for such a long period of time is because the Fed has been buying mortgage backed securities as right. a buyer, which have kept the prices up, which kept rates down artificially. Right. 
And so the them rate we've talked about this before, them raising rates doesn't have anything to do with Absolutely mortgage rates. Not. I mean it it it's it impacts it, but it's not it's, it's not directly not the, the sole impact. Correct. It doesn't there. directly correlate. Right. Um so so the Bank of England has also been raising rates, not at the same degree that we have, I don't think. Yeah, I think we've raised it the most of everybody. Yes. We um, I might have some of my facts wrong, by the way. So if they are, it's fine. Yeah, we're talking about Bank of England. So right. God save the queen or God save right. the king no. now, I think is what I'm... God didn't I, save the queen. She died. No, uh, I got God save the king now because that's, that's the new that's one. Horrible. There's to my British that. family. There you go. So, um, so, so what the Bank of England did is because they were having margin calls on all of their pension funds, which are tied yeah. to bonds because bonds were just collapsing, uh, that they started buying bonds again, which is right. that quantitative easing. Quantitative tightening is I'm selling, quantitative easing is I'm buying. Right. So they started buying bonds again because they didn't want their bond market to completely collapse. Absolutely. I mean, that's how close it was apparently. So, um, and ours is probably not far off. Well, maybe. So <laughs> the idea is that the one of the number one things that stimulates the economy is housing. Okay. Housing is something that is drives GDP it's because a $45 of $45 trillion dollar industry, right? Home Depot, Lowe's, you know, plumbers, electricians, blah, blah, blah. So, um, so the thought is, is that they have to do something related to the economy. Well, right. inflation numbers, um, we've talked about this before inflation numbers come out, um, which is everybody's been paying attention to the CPI. It usually comes out the 13th of every month from the previous month. Right. Okay. So on, October the 13th. Okay. Week and a half. We'll we're, be doing another live. Yes. There we go. We're going to get inflation numbers for the, for it's a year over year revolving number. So right. this September's number will be put into play and last September's number will be dropped. Right. Okay. So they replace each other. So the September inflation expectation for this year is that it's going to be down some. But the inflation number of last September was also pretty low. Mm -hmm. So the expected overall change is expected to be very negligible because right. there won't be a big adjustment. So it'll still be inflation still happening. We're going to still raise rates, da, 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 da. Right. right? That's what we'll hear in, in a week and a half. And you'll probably see the rates move again. And mortgage-backed securities will tank and whatever. We'll be crying on the phone again. And we'll be... Drinking. Yeah, we we'll drink it tequila. Look, so, I just want everybody to know we talk about it every week, but it still hasn't been opened. So yes, it hasn't been opened. Yet. It hasn't Not been yet. open yet. We're close. There's, there's a <laughs> bottle of Crown over there that's been open. Now, so, but I think I brought that from my house. There you go. Um, but anyway, so so then what's going to happen is um, we're going to get those numbers in October. Well, then in September or November, okay, that's going to carry October's numbers because right. it's from the year prior. Well, last October was the first real uptick in inflation that we saw. Absolutely. Um, overall, the CPI number jumped up in last October month over month. And so the expectation is, is that this October's number is going to be, I don't want to say substantially lower, but quite a bit lower than that number. Right. So when you replace a lower number from a higher number, then you're going to have that number go down. So then what's going to happen is come November 13th, okay, yep. we're going to get a CPI reading that says inflation is going down. Right. Okay. Then once they say inflation is going down, that's going to give the Fed the ability to either A, say, well, we're going to stop raising rates, indicating that the market is getting better, right? or they're going to go back to quantitative easing yeah. and start buying mortgage-backed securities again, which may drive rates down. Now, that's what I think is going to happen because right. – what happens two days after November 13th? Yeah, it's midterms. The midterm well, and they're also talking about, I heard yesterday, that instead of raising it another three quarters basis points, they're talking about a half basis yeah, points too and less yeah. because the economy. Um, and it's also, it's a 12-month it, look back, but the inflation numbers, some of those are actually a nine-month look back. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you have it, they do it, core it, inflation for for food and gas where they look at a little bit tighter. Numbers. Well, and here's what's crazy. I was talking to my mom and stepdad yesterday about it. And 
13% of the U.S. Americans are now self-employed. So we were kind of getting into this debate about the U.S. Un- Americans. Is there US- other? <laughs> Whatever. There's Glendonisms. The the U.S. So the, the Americans out there, the Glendonisms, because Patsy's got her Patsyisms. Um, but when we talk about the unemployment numbers, mm-hmm. well, they're completely skewed because these people, of course, the unemployment numbers are not going to go down. Why would they file unemployment if they have a self-employed business now? Right. They leave the job market. They're 152 not, not unemployed. million they're Americans doing, are yeah. now self-employed, yep. which is 11% of the workforce. Yep. Well, it was 7% of the workforce. Right. So just think about those unemployment numbers. Oh, unemployment numbers are down. Well, no, they're not. They're yeah. not up either. Because- well, they're just not being calculated. They're not in the calculation because they're solvable. It's like everything else. Like it's only a partial. (laughs) Now I will be clear in my opinion on this is that I, I, that's my prediction. I don't know if that's going to happen. So here we go. Just here. Midterm. So November 13th and then November 15th. Look on those two dates. Right. Because I do think that that'll give the fed and the Democrats the ability to say, Oh, look where the economy's better. It's see, go vote for us. I don't think it's going to work in a day and a half. (laughs) Right. But well, no, but that's how it works. I mean, short, everybody's attention span is like five minutes. Like there's no extended it's 30 seconds on video. Yeah, they can't they can't give any news that happens today. You know, I think there's something about Herschel Walker's family because he's running for Senate in Georgia. And there's yeah. a, that's one of the races that they you know, there's a it's contested. I pay too much attention to this stuff. But uh, uh, but he's having issues because it's coming out that, you know, he had extramarital oh really football player in the NFL right come on come on we're all shocked okay so but either way like that's what's going on over there and they are um you know that's a story that's happening right right well if if in a month from now you know something else occurs that doesn't relate to that directly well then it it won't what happened a month ago isn't going to matter right like they don't care so this news has to break like right before the election because that's sure. what people are thinking about when they go to push oh, the button. Oh, let me change it. Oh, it's been so amazing for you. No, it hasn't. Right. Come on. Well, it hasn't. And, and my other point to this is that aliens are coming. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, that, that's a that's a midnight podcast, Linda, with a little bit of crown in me. Oh, get all my we should opinions. definitely do that. Uh, but no, what I think is that it's going to be short lived because I yeah. do still think that we are not what all the problems that we've had and that we are having currently are not fixed. And just because now, because I I start seeing today on Twitter about, Oh, we may have hit the bottom and now it's time to buy back into the market stocks. I'm not talking about real estate. And I'm like, I don't think so. But, but because, there is still room to go down, at least in that room. But where's the best place to invest your money for the return of investments? Real estate, hundred percent. Real estate, yeah, always. Like it's it's crazy. A lot of investors, a lot of people have said, "Is should I buy an investment?" Well, yeah, if you have twenty five percent down, hell yeah, it's right. Time well, to buy. and I got news for you, they're not making any more houses. Okay. So someone, oh, because uh, again, we we like to follow a lot of stuff. Uh, five million homes is what we're behind for last year. Yes. We have to build five million homes to even catch get up to get to healthy to market it, to get yes. to a healthy market. Correct. Well, they, they, it, I'm sorry, they're not shit now. And you know right what? Now. And you know what? Housing starts. So they they have different types of housing starts. They have they have the overall housing start number, which again, this is how you can skew statistics and numbers. Right. They have an overall housing start number that includes everything related to housing. Right. And housing starts are permits that are applied to to start building a a, a building, building right. a building. Um. So. When they include all the numbers, like, oh, housing starts are way up. Well, they are, but the housing starts for multifamily homes, apartment complexes, Absolutely. duplexes, townhomes. Oh, through the roof. Those are way up. 
what is down or, or slightly up is single family, the house that everybody wants, the neighborhood, right. the yard, the land. Yep. <laughs> so the reality is, is that they aren't making any more of those houses. Nope. And the minute that rates go back down, There's, home prices are going to shoot back up for sure because Supply the demand is going to be there. Again. Supply and demand. Yes. And it's crazy. Like I never loved economics in high school, but it's like I'm a nerd now, I guess, because I've been lending for so long. Yeah. Um, you don't have a choice. You have I, to pay I don't, to it. but it's crazy. Like, so I have until my, my now 19 year old, which is crazy. Like you're so old. I know. Right. Shut up. <laughs> um, but economics is something that it's, it should be taught more in high school because those are the ones that are going to be buying homes. You know, I agree with that sentiment, but then when you think about what you're saying, I disagree with it. And the reason being is that we don't even like the fact that our teachers teach our kids anything in school. Well, that's true. They don't teach them how to do cursive. That's for damn right. sure. So is that who you want teaching them, you know, how to how to balance a budget? I'm just saying, like, no, probably should not. be taught in the home more than anything. Although it's not like I'm taking away from teachers. Teachers are awesome. My problem is that they're way underpaid and they're undervalued. Absolutely. And it should be one of the highest paid professions in for our world. Sure. Because 100%. If, if we're going to put our kids, you know, with a, a group of adults every day to essentially raise them for eight hours of the day yeah. when we spend three or four hours of the day. Yeah, they with have them. that more than we have our own kids. Right. Wouldn't you want that? I mean, isn't that the person you want to pay the most amount of money to for to make sure. sure that we have like the best people? So that teachers, exist? we love you here. Yes. I'm just going to go ahead. We, you are underappreciated and I don't think you get told thank you enough. So thank you um, from the bottom of our heart. A hundred percent. And admin, like I can tell you, even admin, like everybody in that industry, y'all are unthanked. Well, and I just think we put too much pressure on teachers to be the responsibility of of teaching our kids everything, and then we way underpay them. It's like there's there is a I can't think of it. I just there's a comedian that's has like a bit about how you know we're we're, we're giving them all of these responsibility and like paying them the least. It's like, would you tell someone to guard your house from you know the the militia coming in and you're paying a guy with a pop gun that's standing in front of your house five bucks? It's like no, like. Yeah. Give these people now, what they're worth. I will tell you the best form of education is having a lender as a parent or yeah. someone in economics. Because right. my kids walk in, and especially my my eight year old, she's like, I need to talk to my client. Yeah. And when my eighteen year old last year, she was in high school, and they did talk about, um, you know, in the economics, she was like, I know what an APR is, and I was like, Well, there you go, you know what to balance your budget. So just because thinking about it, so there you go. If you ever need a profession get into economics and start talking every day. Well, I mean, I tell my kids all the time, um, you know, there's, there's three ways to make money. Okay. You either trade your time for money, which yep. is having a job, right? Yep. You start a business, yep. okay. And run a business, but you're still trading time for money. The difference is you can just scale it better. Um, or you use money to make money. Absolutely. Right? Passive and earned income. That's right. So using money to make money. I did money, a video on that yesterday. Then so you need comes. to understand how money works yeah. and you need to know how it all fits. And so right. like it's boring and people hate it and I totally understand it. It's not, but it's, I don't think it's boring, but that's just because I'm a little bit more knee, knee deep into it. But right. it is incredibly important to get your kids as much involved in finances as you possibly can, because it's going to set them up for the rest of their life Absolutely. to just have a basic knowledge of how things work. And you don't have to teach them, you know, derivatives and high level investing, you know, when they're 15, just teach them how to budget, teach them what interest is on a credit card. Right. Teach them about student loans and let them decide if they want to go into $300,000 worth of debt to get a home economics degree. Maybe they don't. Absolutely. Maybe they should go be a welder. Maybe they should get to trade, you know. <laughs> and trade schools are so good. You know, yes. it's, you know, and now that I have a college student, it's, it's more like I'm more in tune to it. Yeah. But, you know, 
it's crazy to see the amount of money, the difference of the schooling yeah. when it all comes down to the piece of paper. Yep. Like the piece of paper, yes, will ultimately end up, but as long as you have that piece of paper, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter what school. You could be paying a hundred thousand dollars or thirty thousand, and it's ultimately the same, same education. It, so the only exceptions to that are like if you're gonna be a doctor or an attorney or engineer, sure. you know, like you get to go to Harvard. <laughs> yeah, but that we're not talking. I don't have anybody in my family that's doing people. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like my daughter's not going to Harvard to be a uh, and we completely squirreled on finances. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> well, kids. I don't want to go to we're we're 40 minutes in, so we oh, need gosh. to cut this out. But we'll we'll catch this or we'll pick up again on this later. But the bottom line, Glenn, to tell everybody, you know, it's buy a house. It, there's nothing. Uh, well, we're saying, please buy a house. Where we're no, lenders. And, and and here's what's crazy. Like the bottom line is, is the first time home buyers they're scared. I sure. understand that because yeah. they they hear and we haven't seen seven percent interest rates since twenty years. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been, been twenty, 20 years. years. It's been um, before two thousand. That's when I was looking it up the other day. Yeah. It was like seven percent in nineteen ninety nine. Because I know when I got in the industry, it was six point eight seven five is yeah. what I got into it. So it was there, and then it dropped to four the day after Thanksgiving in two thousand and. Eight, seven, yeah. eight. Um, but they're scared because they don't know. But the unknown factor is we keep coming back to it and it's the rent factor. Yeah. Rents are still going up. Mm -hmm. And even the conversations yesterday, that's why the, the client that came to us was like, I need something mm -hmm. because her rent was doubling. Yeah. So we have to think about that when taxes are going up and insurance premiums are through the roof right now, your renter is going to your rent, lease, agree, whoever it is, yeah. they are going to increase that no matter what. Yeah. And a lot of the, at that time, it becomes a scramble. So why make it a scramble if we can start the process six months, nine months into your lease mm -hmm. to know that, and the one this morning, bless his heart, he was like, yeah, my lease is not up for 10 months, but they already told me it's tripling. Yep. Well, we need to get your shit in line today. Yes. Like it doesn't matter. And there's no, no time frame that says 30 days, you know, a hundred days. Yeah. Just because you like, talk to you on Wednesday, doesn't mean you got to buy a house next week. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and for, for future home buyers, like there's no time, like there's no time frame that you need to, to wait. Right. Like that is our job. That is what we're here for is if it's 12 months, two years, we need to get a strategy and a game plan for you. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. All right. Well, uh, that's enough for us rambling on today. I'm sure we'll be back at this again sometime next week or the week after. Yeah, so uh, please tune in. But if you guys have any questions or you want to talk about strategies on how to offer on homes or yeah. the best approach and how much money you're actually going to need and what's happening, call Glenda or myself and we'll be happy to walk you through it. There's never a point where you're committed or you know you have to do anything. It's just a conversation. It's yep. just educate yourself on what's happening in the market, what your options are, and then make your decision. Yep. Our job is to provide you information so you can make your own decisions. 100%. And that's what we're here for. So. And you're making the payment, not yep. us. So we need to make sure you're okay with that payment. That's right. All right, Jeep. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we will uh, we'll get back to uh, helping people on the phone. There we go. All righty. See you guys. Later.